Good evening, everyone. My friends, um, we celebrate um, this great solemnity of Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, and uh, it's the last Sunday of our liturgical year, and um, we celebrate it uh, then with a great solemnity. And uh, my friends, you should know, uh, often the church uh, will uh, have a solemnity, uh, always to the glory of God, but um, it was Pius XI uh, who instituted this feast in 1925. And uh, he did so uh, in response to something that was going on. Uh, there was a, a growing secularism and hostility against Mother Church. And uh, today... Uh, reminds us that while governments and ideologies come and go, Christ reigns forever. And uh, my friends, um, when our nation is beset with um, such unrest and tension, and we have the pandemic, we would do well then to remember uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And to rely on him. And as our country faces uh, growing uh, tension and polarization and uh, certainly a reckoning with racial, uh, racial injustices, all Catholics, Americans, would do well to consider how many people in this country have been in some way exiled, even in their own homeland. And I'm referring directly to Christians who get attacked because of their faith, because of their beliefs, because of our virtues. And to have that done within our own church and by other Catholics is a disgusting, disgusting thing to me. Many continue to experience this type of thing in our country, and it has now become a place of exile for them in our own country. But as Catholics, we have the ability to change that. We have the ability to change these things, and we will. And my friends, in our first reading, Ezekiel speaks uh, a great word to a church that suffers. And many whose faith have been shaken uh, by everything, including uh, even the scandals that continue to plague the church uh, We still hear those words that God says, I myself will shepherd them. So for many Christians, it is in this hope in the Lord himself. That the Lord will seek that which is lost. And shepherds he will bring who will be right and will be holy. And he will keep his church together whether it is something from within it that is trying to break it apart, which has been throughout all of history, or whether it be from the outside. My friends, looking directly at the readings, anthropology tells us, and, that's, and it's great, that Every culture and every civilization from the past has had some kind of understanding about the afterlife, 
the evidence put forth is findings in ancient manuscripts, uh, rituals and precepts, uh, elaborate burial sites and cemeteries, uh, odd writings on the walls uh, of caves. But anthropology also tells us that most of these past cultures and civilizations were very, very confused as to the exact nature of the afterlife and so had fear about it. And uh, in our world today, as Christians, the thought of an afterlife and the possibility of the resurrection from the dead is often laughed at and ridiculed. And we're told as Judeo-Christians, uh, this is a figment of our imagination. Um, but uh, in fact, it is not. It is a revelation given by Jesus Christ. St. Paul was speaking about it in the second reading. And so we should never be confused or feel fearful about the afterlife. Jesus has assured us that we have a loving Father in heaven and that he, Jesus, has gone ahead to prepare a place for each one of his faithful ones. In today's gospel, the Lord also tells us the conditions for entry into heaven. And uh, you don't need a large bank account. You don't need an army. You don't need any of those things. Though Jesus often compared heaven to a banquet, you don't even need utensils. <laughs> our entrance into heaven will depend upon our conduct, our love of God, and clearly from what Jesus was talking about in today's gospel, how you treat another human person by the good we did or, if you will, by how we have failed. Jesus simply says that whatever you did for the least of my brothers and sisters, he considers to have been done to himself. And while he was speaking directly in that moment, and that's what Matthew was doing. He was referring to the apostles because they were under attack all the time. This story is the living word of God and applies to all of us. To all of us. So whoever we treat or mistreat now, there will be an accounting to be held. If we are to gain access to heaven, we have to simply love God and uh, to keep things simple and everything he created. <laughs> the gospel today is surprising uh, for many reasons. Uh, as we enter into this third millennium uh, since the birth of Christ, it is interesting to note that God um, will not judge the world by the rise and fall of nations or civilizations, uh, nor by the outcomes of wars and revolutions, uh, nor by the discovery of new worlds or planets, nor by the inventions of science and technology. I won't go so far to say God does not, God cares little for it, <laughs> but that is not how he's going to judge. It will be by something that we all have, love, how love is performed for one another and how uh, uh, we see in nature, how inconspicuous even by nature, by some people that just do this, they do this just naturally and they are unaware of the great significance 
of it. It was also interesting for me to find that when I was reading this particular passage of the gospel, they asked Jesus, when did we do these things? We don't want to... When did we feed you? When did we care for you? When were we, de- when were we your friend? And Jesus says, when you did it to anyone else, you did it to me. But what's really fascinating is they, it was something that they did from the heart. Oh, you can almost imagine one of those little movies in my head. Oh, oh, <laughs> we do that every day. <laughs> Lord, it's no big deal. Apparently, it's a big deal to God. A big deal to God. How we treat others and how we show love, not only for the greatest in our society, but for the very least in our society. The gospel today may also catch some by surprise because it also shows God as a God who judges. And it is, it is his right to do so. Because he is holy and righteous and all of his words and deeds are right and true and just. My friends, often now I have found as your pastor and your priest that often many people have this notion about God. He is so loving that he doesn't care if you do bad. Yeah. I hear that from Christians. Oh, well, God really loves me and it'll be okay. God loves everyone. He'll he'll ignore that. There is a limit The way we can speak, if we can speak this way, there is a limit. There is a time, even though we do not know it. Allotted to everyone. And the gospel warns us that that time will run out and that God will act decisively. My friends, this past week, I said something in a daily homily, and I meant it. In the Garden of Eden, when they walked with God, and then we are told that they walked with God in the midday's breeze. And God said, All of this is yours, everything. But of this one thing you will not do. The example given in the scriptures, you will not eat of the tree in the middle of the garden. And no, it's not an apple tree. (laughs) If anything, it would have been a fig tree (laughs) because that's what was in that land at that time when you were in the Middle East. Of this, he said, "You you cannot eat this because you will die. And when that was spoken... God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit were very much present. So the act that happens, and it's hard because I think they walked with God. 
They walked with him. Not by faith in that moment. Because they walked with him, he was present to them in a way that he is often not present to us. How easy it should have been just to obey. But they did not. They disobeyed. And what God said then is true today. You may not do that because you will die. And then the great liar comes. Don't worry. Remember, God loves you. Surely you will not die. Go and read what it says. Surely you will not die. You misunderstand. You will live. He wouldn't lay a finger on you. That is the great lie and deception. Because God said, of this you may not do. Because if you do, you will die. I bring that up because of the way people know God is a loving God. He is. But it will be your actions or lack of them that bring down his justice upon you. What he said in the garden remains true today. Don't do that, for surely you will die. Yes, his son came. And because of this, we always have great hope. But there is a warning to everyone, but particularly to the Christian who says, I believe in Jesus Christ, I am his disciple, but do not act like one. The responsibility given to the baptized is great. Well, that's not fair, Father. Well, too bad, because that's the way it is. You see what I'm saying? You hear what I'm telling you? If you claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and you act like a monster out there, you act as if there is no God or that he doesn't care that you're doing that, the words that he mentioned will apply to you. Oh, Father, this is harsh. What do you do then? You love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all everything you got. And Jesus said, love others the way I have loved you. Don't harm them. Don't destroy them. Don't rip them to pieces. Help them if you see that they need help. Pray for them. Do these things and the world will know that you are my disciple. And you won't have to worry about the end time. Yes, people, obviously something happened during the week to Father Mark. Somebody has gotten under his skin. I've been with you for seven years, and you, I hope you know me to be a loving pastor, but do not make me angry. <laughs> because I will get angry, and then I will go to confession. <laughs> 
that period in time in between because I got to find a priest. <laughs> My friends, wake up. We are celebrating Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. Yes. But we are going to be held accountable by what we do or what we do not do. And if you say, well, I don't believe that, well, then you're going to have a problem because it's all throughout the Scriptures. It's all throughout the Scriptures. And the church uses this Scripture on this last day in this liturgical cycle to slam it home to you. There will be a banishing from God. Hopefully not by any of us here in this room tonight. Uh -huh. My friends, the gospel pastor today is consoling and it is challenging. It is consoling because it tells us uh, we do not have to do anything extraordinary. God takes all that we do for others as having us doing it to him. This is what it, I constantly remember, that whatever I do to you or to someone else, God consists it to be done to him. Even if you don't like that person, oh, that person's so mean, Father. No, 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 no. That's the deception. Jesus didn't say, just be nice to the people who are nice to you. If the person's really wicked, don't be nice to them. Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. Show love for those. We pray for them. My friends, our scripture is challenging because it reminds us that there is a time and it is limited. And we have much yet to show of our love for God and for others. So let us pray that we do not waste any more time. We do not waste the opportunities that are given to us. Let us imitate then our Lord and our King, the way he spent his life on earth, doing good, loving. Do this, and you will hear Jesus say, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, come and enjoy all that has been prepared for you, for you. My friends, I love you, and that is why I speak the way that I do. I'm greatly worried by all the things in the world, as you are. I'm troubled by many things. I worry about Mother Church, even though I know Christ said not to. I do. Because more and more I see Christians not being holy. Oh, yeah. I see many that are working for social and economic justice, but they do so not out of holiness. They attempt to take God out of the equation. And when they do, they 
attempt to make the church an NGO. That's the word that's been on my heart all week, NGO, non-governmental organization. I'm not talking about the government doing this. I'm talking about Christians relegating the church to nothing more. I say that even as I tell you, you must love and help others. But for the glory of God, that is holiness. The Christian is called first and foremost to holiness. We do these things in holiness, in love. I don't condemn those who, that's their, those who are not of the Christian faith. But for you and I, the disciple, we are called to a higher, we are held to a different standard. So be it. So be it. So I need all of you to be holy. I've been talking about it for seven years. But not much success. My friends, God loves you. And I love you. Always. In all things. We're trained not to let our emotions get the best of us. And sometimes... It just doesn't work for me, right? Um, so tonight will be two cupcakes. <laughs> I will rewrite my homily <laughs> and try and stick to it. This is what happens when I go off script often. Uh, but uh, love God. Love each other. Do these things, and you will give glory to your Father in heaven. Amen?